Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Kathy. Tobin. I, I, I can't believe it. I truly can't believe it. I, I know. Here, here we are. Here we are indeed. It is, in fact, the last episode. It's the end of the show. And I think we both know what that means. Yeah. Tobin, it's the end of our friendship. Absolutely. I think that's the right call. It's been a good run for us, honestly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, end of show, end of friendship, it feels right. And, like, honestly, were we ever truly friends? Wasn't it just for the show? <laughs> the bit has gone too far. It's gone too <laughs> far. Well, now I'm just hurt and insulted. Let's just play the theme music. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> just following your lead, you know? From WNYC Studios, this is Nancy. With your hosts, Kathy Tu and Tobin Lowe. Okay, all jokes aside, this really is our last show, y'all. Nancy has not been renewed, so it's coming to a close. And in classic Nancy fashion, we're going to laugh and cry and laugh about it. Yes, we're going to do all the things as we visit some of our favorite memories from the over 100 episodes we made of this show. And we're going to hear from some of the people who helped us get there, past members of Team Nancy, and of course, you, dear listener, we're going to be hearing from you about some of your favorite episodes. Speaking of which, listener Abigail in Baltimore sent us this message. The Nancy episode that I return to over and over again is the Ring of Keys episode. Yes, Ring of Keys is an all-time fave. Uh, That's the story where we followed producer Sarah Lou as she tried to track down the queer woman from her childhood that sort of showed her that there was a future for her one day as a queer adult. The Ring of Keys episode was part of our first season, uh, and we're going to listen to a clip. Here's Sarah talking to her Ring of Keys person, Mara. Being a little awkward 12-year-old gay kid and then seeing a very charming, confident gay adult, it allowed me to imagine an adult version of myself, which was huge. But also the layer of my parents thought you were cool, and so that made me think that they would approve of me being gay. Wow. <laughs> so that's a lot. <laughs> Do you have any... <laughs> Um, get up off the floor. Uh, thank you. That is the... Oh, I am getting choked up. Yeah. Thank you. Ooh. I never knew that I could... It's okay. <laughs> that I could actually be a role model for somebody. That's possibly our most popular episode. And listener Abigail says it meant a lot to her. I think to me it really spoke to me about what it means to be a queer adult and about finding intergenerational queer community and the possibility of being a role model and building those relationships with people. So much so that it inspired her to take action. And I actually ended up, after listening to that episode, reaching out to one of my camp counselors um, from when I was, I think, 13. Um, And in retrospect, after listening to that episode, realized that it definitely had been one of those Ring of Keys moments and that she had really tried to 
provide that space for me. And I hadn't known it at the time, but looking back, I'm really grateful. The other episode we kept hearing about from you was our gaggle episode. If you remember, that was our challenge to queer people everywhere to find their chosen family, their gaggle, if you will. Because, you know, that set of friends can just be different for us. I feel a clip coming on. The dictionary defines gaggle. No, 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 no. The dictionary defines gaggle as a group of geese, which is not helpful for our purposes. It also defines gaggle as a disorderly or noisy group of people, which is sort of helpful for our purposes. What I think of when I hear the word gaggle is a group of queer friends. It's this unique formation of queer people unlike any other. It's the crew you meet up with to gossip, to hang, Queer Eye Guys, that's a gaggle. Taylor Swift Squad, not a gaggle, also problematic. The gaggle is a posse. The gaggle is a family. The gaggle is magic. We heard from so many of you who took the challenge to start a gaggle of your very own. My name is Jay, pronouns are they, them. And um, I was the one who started the Boston area gaggle uh, in like, May 2018. When Jay first heard the episode? I was like, yeah, that sounds cool, but like, I'll just join if somebody else has already started this. Uh, And then I found out that nobody had set up a Facebook page for Boston yet. And I was like, well, okay, I guess I'll do it. Anyway, our listener Jay, it's a good thing they did the work and started their Boston gaggle because through that group, they met a special someone named Logan. It was a gaggle event during Pride. And uh, we just had a good time. Uh, I think we we went out for uh, beers together as a group. And we went out to the big gay dance party as a group, um, which is a thing that happens here. Oh my God, we stan a Nancy Love connection. You're responsible for getting me into this relationship. <laughs> Kathy, they've been together for two years. They've been a couple for two years. Oh, my God. (laughs) Wow. I mean, I don't want to put any pressure on. And of course, uh, maybe you don't believe in marriage, which is cool. It's cool. It's cool. 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 But Tobin and I will definitely officiate if you want us to. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, okay. I still love the Gaggle Project because I think this is the best thing to come out of our show. Like in the world that we're in right now, I feel like me and the folks around me are all asking ourselves how we're contributing to the world. And to me, I guess I always felt like making a podcast doesn't really seem like the most helpful thing in the world. But when we started this gaggle project and I saw it take off in the form of like our Friends of Nancy Facebook group and folks meeting each other at events and online. I just truly felt like we did good, Tobin. We did something really good. Hard same. The The times that I felt like the show was really worth it was when we met groups of friends in real life who met through the Gaggle Project and had found their people through the Gaggle Project. I was like, oh, this makes everything we do worth it. Yeah, So we're hearing from all these folks sharing favorite moments and, you know, none of those moments would exist without the people who helped make the show over the years. We've gotten to work with so many amazing people. We've been so lucky. So here's just a few of them sharing some behind the scenes memories. I'm Jenny Lawton. I was an editor on the show from the very beginning. So it was 
our very first live show, and Kathy was really, really nervous about it. Um, and it was this weird kind of setup. We were in this conference hall that had oh, one no. of those stages <laughs> that was made up of risers, and to get on the stage was this ramshackle-looking ramp. Yep. Um, <laughs> so anyway, it was the start of the show, and um, Kathy runs up the ramp and then trips and totally wipes out. Like, totally wipes out. And she jumps back up and starts the show and did not miss a beat. You guys, you made something so beautiful and it had a real impact on the people listening and on me personally, which I think you know. And I am just so proud of this show and so grateful to have been a part of it. Exciting energy. Okay. Hey, this is Matt Collette. I was the producer and then senior producer uh, and always superstar producer. Emeritus. Of Nancy. My favorite moments working on the show were going out into the field with Tobin and Kathy. If I was with just one of them, it was totally anonymous. But if the two of them were there, people could just immediately spot them. And people were always very excited. And Tobin and Kathy were always pretty embarrassed. Um, And it was always hilarious. And it was always great just to see the impact that this show had on real people who oftentimes were seeing them represented in media for the first time ever. Hi, I'm Isabel Angel, and I help produce the Queer Money Matter series in spring 2019. I think my favorite moments were tracking with you guys, Kathy and Tobin, for the episodes. Uh, I just remember being keeled over with laughter over the board, looking at you guys in the tiny studio, just barely able to do my job. Uh, We love all of you. We really do. And if you'll indulge us for a minute before we get back to the rest of the episode, we just want to shout out some of the other names and send them just all the love. Paula Schumann, our first executive producer who helped us launch this show way back when. Alice Wilder, one of our former producers. Alice, you beautiful table shaker. You're amazing and great. And of course, our current team, Jeremy Bloom, who has been sound designing the poop out of this show since the very beginning. Jeremy, please insert some great sound design right here. Thank you. He casts the spell. And it goes horribly wrong. The summon Archangel turns out to be evil, and with him, he brings an army of demons. Sarah Geis, who has been a lovely and generous editor. Susie Lechtenberg, who's our current EP. And fun fact, she mentored us back when we first pitched this show to WNYC. Mm -hmm. And of course, producers Zakia Gibbons and B.A. Parker, you two make radio magic. And I honestly can't wait until we work on the show that you both host. Coming up, we catch up with maybe some of our most popular guests ever. Hint, they gave birth to us. (laughs) Nancy will be back in a minute. Be 
Each election season, political memoirs abound, doorstops that sometimes divulge more than intended. No matter how diligently they present themselves in the most electable light, they always reveal themselves, their insecurities, their fears, their ambitions. How to read a Politico on this week's On the Media from WNYC. Find On the Media wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. So, Kathy, before we jump back in, I know we both wanted to take a moment to spread around some love. Some of our listener love, if you will. Because so many of you have written to us or tweeted at us asking, what do I listen to now? Well, folks, there are so many great podcasts out there that are for queer people, made by queer people, and so many of them are fantastic. Here's just a few of them that we have been loving and listening to. Hi, this is Ida from the Afroqueer Podcast. Our show is about queer Africans living, loving, surviving, and thriving on the African continent and in the diaspora. Hi, my name is Lee Pfeffer. I use they-them pronouns, and I host a show called History is Gay, a podcast that examines the underappreciated and overlooked queer ladies, gents, and gentle envies that have always been there in the unexplored corners of history. Because history has never been as straight as you think. Hey, it's Jeffrey Masters, and I host the interview podcast LGBTQ&A, that's Q&A with an ampersand, and I've interviewed people like Laverne Cox, Roxanne Gay, Trixie Mattel, and of course, my favorite interview of all time, Kathy Tu. Yo, what's up? My name is Morgan Givens, and I'm the host and creator of Flyest Fables. It's a show that brings us brand new hope punk fables for the 21st century and centers young black kids as the heroes of their own stories. Hi, I'm Eric Marcus, founder and host of the Making Gay History podcast. We bring LGBTQ history to life through the voices of the people who lived it. Our 80 episodes are drawn principally from my decades-old archive of more than 100 interviews that I conducted for the Making Gay History book. I hope you'll have a listen. My name is Tuck Woodstock. My podcast is called Gender Reveal, and it's a show in which trans activists and artists talk about the way that gender intersects with race, ability, bodies, cultural background, all sorts of stuff, and also generally just tries to get us a little bit closer to understanding what the heck gender is. Hi, I'm Robin. And I'm Jamie, and we are the gay hosts of the podcast, If These Ovaries Could Talk. Jamie, you did not have to say we're gay every time. I just Anyway, I just <laughs> it's a podcast about making LGBTQ families and parenting in a world that's designed for straight folks. Yes, exactly. We highlight our families, normalizing them, lifting them up, so all the folks out there can see that we are just like them. Which is basically trying not to scream at our kids when we're 20 minutes late, and they still have not put their shoes on. They never put their shoes on. They just they don't do put it. their shoes on. Put your shoes on. <laughs> help us. <laughs> oh, God, help us. And that's just the beginning. We've actually started a spreadsheet where you can go add your own recommendations of podcasts produced by queer people that you think other folks would love. You can check out all our socials to find the link to the spreadsheet, and that's where you can start shouting out your faves. Okay, so as you know, we asked some of our listeners what their absolute favorite episodes of the show were. Yep. Mm-hmm. And someone who reached out was... Marlena. My name is Marlena Chertok. I'm a communications specialist and poet that lives in Washington, D.C. My pronouns are she, her, hers. 
And one of Marlena's favorite episodes of the show is one that many, many listeners point to. I think probably because of a certain guest. I think I know where this is going. It's your mom, Kathy. It's your mom. (laughs) Yeah, it is my mom. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) For folks who have been with us from the very beginning, you know that in our very first episode, Kathy came out to her Taiwanese mom for the third time on tape. You know, honestly, I still can't really listen to that tape. It's very hard. I can't believe you had, like, the bravery to do that. It's such a vulnerable conversation to have, especially because, you know, it is so real. And in that tape, you can hear that you and your mom are really going back and forth. And, you know, she doesn't outright reject you, but she also doesn't really get it. She doesn't really get your queerness. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's actually what our listener Marlena says she really loved about it. When we're hearing about stories about coming out, a lot of times it's either um, black or white of like, they disown you, unfortunately, and that's terrible. Or, oh, they're so happy for you and and great, you finally shared that with them. And I I don't think it's like that. (laughs) It hasn't been like that for me, at least. Marlena says that listening to your story, Kathy, it had a big impact on her. It helped her listen to you be brave. And that really helped me come out to my mom, um, just just hearing hearing somebody else go through it and knowing that I'm not alone, even though it's a really difficult thing to do. I'm so glad it was helpful to her. It was so helpful to so many people. Uh, and I think it's only right that by popular demand. <laughs> well, yes, I talked to our favorite guest, the woman who started it all, my mother. Hello, how are you? Hello, fine, thank you. What are you doing right now? Relax. Sit down here. Listen to your phone. So that's my mother. I'm starting to understand where I get my sense of humor from. Starting to? (laughs) (laughs) Well, to be honest, my mom wasn't super chatty when I called because um, she says uh, I interview her too much. Mm -hmm. But, you know, this was important. I asked her how she felt about the show ending. She says it's a good thing. You can't work on the same thing forever. It's good. It's normal. How do you feel that um, our conversation, you and I talking, have helped other queer children and their parents, their Asian parents, immigrant parents? That's good. If I really have helped some people, then that's good. Kathy's mom with the short answers today. (laughs) Truly is done with me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I also asked her about you, Tobin. Tobin is a nice person. Nice. Yeah. She says, Tobin looks like a nice young person, very nice, and a very nice partner to you. I'm going to choose to focus on the part where she said I looked young. Thank you. (laughs) I will take it. (laughs) But there was one thing I really wanted to tell her because I think it's been the biggest change for me since we started making Nancy and since I started interviewing my mom about our relationship. I feel like there's been so much growth between us and I just I just wanted to have like this moment with her. Since I've started making the show and um, did those episodes 
with you, the interviews with you, I feel like I've actually come around to understanding you more. Nah, it's good. I appreciate you always take you always taking the time to do these interviews because I know that they're not they're not easy to do. So thank you for doing that. You're, you're welcome. You're welcome because you're my daughter. Okay. Okay. How can I say no? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you happy? So, per usual, I didn't get the moment I wanted with my mom. It's fine. It's fine. She's not that kind of mom. It's fine. Right, right. (laughs) That's okay. But you know what got her talking? So, I already know the answer to this question, but do you want me to take the bar exam? Yes. Very. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. We don't need to go into that. Right, I got it. We don't have to go. <laughs> we don't Tobin, speaking of our very first episode, I think listeners will also definitely remember that both of your lovely parents made an appearance. Yes, Mr. and Mrs. Lowe have both been on the show. And I think it's only right that. Way ahead of you, Kathy. Was there anything that I talked on the show about or that you heard on the show that you thought was too racy for your uh, enjoyment? You know, for the most part, I thought it was just so educational for me to, like, just learn so many aspects of the broad spectrum of LGBTQ. But from a mother's perspective, I just felt that there were some things that are not meant for a mother's ears to hear her son talk about sexual content like glory holes. <laughs> Dad, anything I talked about on the show that's too racy? Oh, you mean the glory holes? <laughs> or just anything about both of you went for the glory holes. I love your parents. Oh, I do too, Kathy. I do too. <laughs> I'm curious how they reacted to hearing themselves on the show. You know, when they first came on, it was to talk about their reactions to when I came out in college. Uh, and I think listening to the show over the years, it's given them more of a glimpse as to what I experienced before and after that moment. Like, we've done episodes about what it's been like for me as an adult queer person and also what it was like to grow up closeted. You know, I think a lot of times I kind of replay your childhood in my head and think about, like, what could I have done differently or would it have been easier for you if I had been more aware or knowledgeable. And so, you know, there there was that kind of balance of both, like, so much gratitude for understanding and knowing so much more now, but a sadness that I I didn't know that before. We hear that from so many parents of queer kids, that they just want to know how they can do more or be better. Yeah. Um, And I do want to use this last episode to make sure my parents hear this because I know they're listening. Uh, I think they got it really right. They listened to me. They were supportive. I mean, I think back to how my dad was after I came out. Certainly, we've talked about how that it took me a year to reframe you in my mind. And, And I told you I had to drive to work every day saying out loud to myself that I'm the father of a gay man. And that was, uh, it took me time to accept that. 
And the tears would come only because of my fears about AIDS and my <laughs> worry for your health. Uh, but over time, I've seen you mature. And so I'm, I'm much happier that you're happy where you are. And I wouldn't have you be any other way. I, you're the, the exact Tobin load that I want and I'm so happy to have as, as a son. I have to say that very sweet sentiment is something I heard from both of my parents uh, a whole bunch. Oh, Tobin, this is no secret. I have literally asked your parents to adopt me. <laughs> I know this because you text them separately from me. Oh, yeah. We are definitely in a group chat. It's great. <laughs> I, I will leave this with Nancy uh, listeners that uh, I feel more connected to the, the community, the LGBTQ community more than ever. Uh, and I would urge you to keep supporting uh, programs that, that, that share our diversity. Yeah. Uh, and that would, that would include the new version of Queer Eye. <laughs> You're going to throw a plug for the new Queer Eye in the show. <laughs> I still have to. <laughs> Classic Mr. Lowe. Love it. So this being our last episode, I think both of us wanted to make some time just to talk, the two of us. Because in the end, this whole show is about us. <laughs> <laughs> this is how everyone finds out Kathy is actually a monster. <laughs> a monster. <laughs> <laughs> Tobin, I want you to tell me about a favorite memory from, from the show itself. I really enjoyed the time that I wore heels for the day mm. and walked the couple of miles from my apartment at the time to the subway in heels in the rain and was recording myself along the way and just thought, this is my job. I'm doing this for my job right now. <laughs> I am learning how to transgress gender yeah. for my job. And that's pretty cool. It's like half a block. I'm already in so much pain. Why? And I would say, like, when I first started walking, I felt all the things of, like, being very square and very awkward. One step at a time. Here we go. And I had to sort of be like, no, own it. Yeah. I'm just gonna play in my mind Lizzo's juice. That's gonna get me the rest of the way there. Like, imagine yourself being tall, like, loosening your hips mm -hmm. and really strutting. And then I also loved getting to work and having most of the um, women in the office who sometimes wear heels tell me, you idiot, you don't have to wear them all the time walking. You can wear, like, commuter shoes and then change into them at work if you really want to. What about you? Personal favorite memory from the show? Um, I will say, uh, I think... One of my favorite memories, oh, this is not a surprise, um, getting to go visit Katie Herzig in her Nashville home. Oh, yeah. Who is, Katie, Katie Herzig is one of my favorite singer-songwriters. I just had the feeling that maybe she was working through something, maybe she was queer, maybe not, I don't know. Then she came out while we were working on the show, and I was like, oh, I have to go talk to her. <laughs> I have this thing that was kind of a secret, and I'd never had a secret. And it's just not having a secret in life or having, like, 
to withhold parts of yourself is just it eats away at your freedom. I hated that feeling so much. I didn't have a question. And I remember, you know, we have like a pitch process for our stories and stuff like that. But <laughs> this one, I was just, I remember sending a message being like, I'm going. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And if you stop me, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> I have a mushy feelings question for you. Oh, okay, here we go. Feelings. Being that this is the last time for a bit that we're going to talk to each other sort of in this capacity, I think it's a nice time to say anything sort of lingering that we want to say to each other. A lingering thing. Okay. Well, I will say, I I think that before we made the show, I was a queer person, but it didn't really matter to me whether or not I was queer. It was like, you know, I was somebody that was like, it's not the most important thing about me, so let's not talk about it. Mm. Um, But since the show started, I feel like I am so much more happy and more comfortable in my life and where I am with like my queerness, with like how I relate to other people, with my family. And I don't think that I could have gotten this far with just therapy. (laughs) I think, (laughs) I think that it's a huge credit to the show making me like look at certain things and educating myself and working with amazing people like you and um, and our contributors that I just feel so much more, I would say I feel so much more alive now than I did before the show started. So mm. if I was going to thank one person, that would be Angelina Jolie. I'm just kidding. I it's knew Tobin. you were setting me up. I knew Tobin. you were setting me up. <laughs> it's Tobin. <laughs> no, but really, like, I don't think I would be where I am now with how um, about about where my my self esteem is at, where my self confidence is, without having gone through all of this stuff with you. So yeah, that's a credit to you, oh, Tobin. You. So yeah, I'm raising my Lacroix <laughs> <laughs> to you. I I want to say how fucking lucky I feel that yeah. we met. And that we got to do this show together. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, Tobin! Um, no, I feel, I feel very lucky that we met and that we got to do this thing together because it's so... I think it is highly unusual to meet somebody that on so many levels you gel with and that, mm. like, you and I have figured out a way to genuinely be friends and collaborators and creatively make something but also at the end of the day be able to text each other and be like can you believe this fucking thing happened <laughs> and just like <laughs> which we do all the time, which we do all the time <laughs> and we like bitch about things we're both mad about or whatever yeah and so when i look back on the last couple of years yes i love the show yes i love all the things we got to do um, but I am so grateful I got to do it with you. Oh, Tobin, I feel the same way. 
You always say it much better than I ever can, which is why I always just say what Tobin said. <laughs> this is like a conscious and compiling, isn't it? No, I mean, because like, we'll probably still do this. It just won't be recorded. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything you hope the listeners take away from listening to the show? I just hope that people feel less alone because even even though I have you know like I have a lot of friends in my life um because my family's not that close despite what you may hear on the show um I fill it up with a lot of friends but I still felt very lonely and I think partially it's because I wasn't super proud and out about who I was um because you can still feel lonely with so many people around. So I, I hope that people take away from the show um, a sense of belonging and a sense of community and a sense of just, um, you know, a lesser sense of loneliness. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I would say definitely same. I echo mm. all of that. I hope that in telling the stories that we did and having the people on the show that we did that people walk away from this feeling like there's no one way to be queer, that there's so many different like flavors and ways of being. And, you know, I think we've said on the show before, or at least we've talked about before that like, being queer doesn't automatically make you an empathetic person. Um, it doesn't automatically make you, like, a good or better person. But it does offer you the ability to be empathetic to anyone who is outside of the, you know, like, quote-unquote norm. And so, like, I hope listeners to the show take away this idea that there's no one way of being and so that is your invitation to be empathetic and open to so many ways of being. Kathy. Tobin. One thing we always used to joke about, at least behind the scenes, was that when the day came that Nancy was coming to a close, uh huh, you and I would get married. <laughs> and so I think it's only appropriate that I get down on one knee. Oh, God, Tobin. <laughs> <laughs> We've basically been married for three years. That's true. So why not make it official? It would save on health insurance. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's my girl. <laughs> All right, Kathy, for the last time, credits. Our amazing producers. Zakia Gibbons and B.A. Parker. Our sound designer from the very beginning to the very end. Jeremy Bloom. Editor extraordinaire. Sarah Geis. Executive producer and radio mom and radio mentor and everything else. Susie Lechtenberg. 
And we also want to thank all the folks who've worked on Nancy in no particular order. Matt Collette, Jenny Lawton, Paula Schumann, Alice Wilder, Isabel Angel, Stephanie Joyce, Lulu Miller, Stephanie Fu, Caroline English, everyone at WNYC, as well as every single contributor who helped make Nancy possible. Also, our former interns and fellows, Kathy with a C. Wong, Caleb Cotting, Elizabeth D., Melissa Lent, and Temi Fagbenle. For the very last time, I'm Kathy Tu. I'm Tobin Lowe. And Nancy is a production of WNYC Studios. something that I regret about the show. What's up? We never got to make enough merch. I really wanted a tracksuit. I really wanted sneakers. <laughs> I wanted a really cool hat that I can wear sideways and be cool. You wanted Nancy head to toe. Headband. Wristwatch. Yeah. Backpack. Shoelaces. <laughs> socks. Running shorts. Tank top. Headphones. iPads. Um, a tea set. Nancy was here.